Camera speeds. A mark. Hello and welcome to the Focus Puller at Work podcast. I am your host for this episode, David D.I. Ishida, and today I had the pleasure of speaking with Dennis Kuhnel, a Germany-based Focus Puller and co-host of this podcast, who's uh, been in the industry for over 10 years and whose career spans both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. We'll be talking about his start in the industry as a video operator and his current work with a brand new Focus Pulling Battle Station. Enjoy the episode. So, Dennis, thank you so much for joining me this evening. How are you? I'm doing really well, man. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be sitting on the receiving end of this uh, interview. Yeah, yeah. It, it was great meeting you on some of our earlier calls, and I'm so happy that we can finally talk at length in person. I think this is uh, this is really great. And uh, to start out, um, let's just start out with if you want to introduce yourself to our listeners and how long you've been working in the industry. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Dennis Kunell. I've been, uh, oh man, I've been an AC for 11 years now. Um, I started in started as a, as a video operator and a second AC in Germany and then uh, relocated to the United States in 2012 and lived there for eight years. And uh, by the end of 2020, I moved back to Germany and that's where I am now. That that is a nice long career you've had so far, and some fun some some fun places to work, um, both with uh, in in Europe and and here in the states. That's re- that's really wonderful. And and how did you get into the industry? Um, Starting, you said you started out as a, a video operator. So what was your stepping off point there? Um, well, so I you know I was never really a good student in school. Um, I in Germany, you know, you kind of. You can either go to university uh, and study or you can learn a trade. You're going to find a, a company that takes you on um, and then kind of trains you over the course of like two and a half or three years. Um, I tried that. That didn't work out either. <laughs> um, so I ended up um, working for some random IT company. Um, but I was also playing uh, in a in a band. And, uh, you know, while I was while we were like just you know having fun in the band we were like you know shooting little videos and i was always the guy uh, because i had a, a macbook like the old white 13 inch macbook yeah. and i was the only guy who like could edit a little bit like using imovie and uh so for some reason i i really liked editing and i was like man this would be this would be super great if i could do this and so anyway while i was at at work at that it company where i did some you know whatever random things just to make some money um i met uh the woman who is now my wife and uh she was always kind enough to uh take me to the train station because she um had a car and she always drove and uh so you know as we were in the car we, like we kept talking and i i said hey uh you know i i really think i want to become like a film editor but to this point, every single time I I told my family about this plan, they've always said like, you yeah, know, those are those are dreams. But you know, you need to you need to have like a real solid career, and you need to learn a trade, and you know, yeah. the the rest like you know, it's it's not that easy. You cannot just become an editor. And so when I told, uh, you know, the the girl who is now my wife, when I told her this, she said, "What are you talking about? Like people who are editors are just 
they're just humans like they're just human beings <laughs> and you can become an editor like there's no doubt in my mind if you want to do this you can do it and at that moment i was like oh well i guess she's <laughs> right i mean they're you know they're just people i guess and um someone's got to do it someone's got to do it exactly um and so i started looking into it and um found a um if if i say film school it sounds a little sounds a little bigger than it actually was it was more like a tv kind of school um but i found that in munich and so they took me on and um i went there for one and a half years and then we went on a break um where we would have like i think it was a six or seven month long break and we were supposed to um find like a, an internship and through a friend that i went to school with who actually was a camera assistant um i contacted him and was like hey dude i I would love to find uh, an internship at some company like media related. And uh, he was like, yeah, dude, I, I need a second AC on this commercial. <clears throat> and um, do you want to come? Do you want to do this? And I was like, sure. I have no clue what we're doing here. And uh, well, I ended up being his second AC on that commercial. Like, it wasn't a second AC. It was just the dude who like carried stuff for him, I guess. Um, <laughs> but so he got me uh, through this job. He got me an internship um, at a big commercial production company uh, in Munich. And uh, the very first thing we did there was a two week long uh, commercial series for Playmobil, like, you know, kind of Lego yeah. uh, thing. Oh, yeah. And um, and it was it was it was to me, it was amazing. I was just um, I mean, I was a set runner, essentially. But, uh, you know, we were shooting on, a, on an Aerie 435 and uh and beautiful i camera. Uh, That's a beautiful yeah. camera and i just started chatting up the the camera crew and i was like man what is this? this is awesome what are you doing like this is great <laughs> and um and eventually the the gaffer actually got wind of it and he was like hey uh i can sense that you want to be in the camera department and uh, i'm about to start a feature like in a few weeks and i think they're going to need a video operator and if you're interested um do you want to do that and i was like absolutely i don't know what a video operator is but totally let's do that and so i ended up being uh, a video operator on this on this feature film and uh yeah um then i think i did another couple features after as a video operator they got me more responsibilities as we went along because they saw that i was really hungry and i wanted to learn this and so they were like hey you know this was the time where you didn't have a dit because no one like the digital mm -hmm. age just started and uh so they asked me if i would like download uh footage as well so i did way too much for way too little money but i was eager and uh i wanted to learn it and yeah. then uh you know eventually um got my first job as a second ac and then i think i did um a couple of commercials and maybe three movies or so in the in germany uh as a second ac and then uh yeah we won a green card and uh moved to the u.s and i had to start all over again and meet new people <laughs> yep absolutely yeah. and and so and when you when you moved here to the states you said north carolina what kind of work were you doing there what i think you, it was primarily uh features still or were you doing some commercial work in there as well um, so we moved to Greenville, South Carolina. Um, oh, South Carolina. Uh, yeah, pretty much the same. Um, uh, <laughs> and we ended up there because my wife um, found a job, um, you know, working for BMW, and they have gotcha. their uh, North American headquarters in uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah. And um, 
Well, Greenville is a very small town and is a it's a very small market. And so for the first, I think, four months, I sat around uh, just, you know, uh, we had two children at the time. So I was just watching the kids and uh, getting pretty bored at home. And um, and then I think I was through through Craigslist. I found a uh, production company that was in Greenville and they were looking for a second AC for a a music video for a guy who was from the area and who was just on America's Got Talent or or one of these shows. And mm -hmm. so it was kind of like a big deal for them. And I applied and they immediately, like 10 minutes later, someone called me back and was like, hey, all this experience that you said you had, like, do you really have it? Like, are you lying to us? And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I, I have Whoa. this experience. And they're like... Yeah, you're hired. Like, we need a camera assistant. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and so um, I did this one uh, music video with them uh, as a second AC. They had a first AC uh, who became a very close friend of mine, Garrett Williams. Um, and through Garrett, uh, I then started working uh, as a second AC um, more and more. Um, it was mostly smaller commercials in Greenville. And then, you know, eventually you work on some bigger commercials in uh, Charlotte and uh, some even in Atlanta as Atlanta was growing while, you know, I was living in, in Greenville, the film industry there got bigger and bigger. Um, but then I also I think in 2014, we had bought a house and uh, work was really dry. And, you know, it's kind of like that moment where it's like, oh, we you buy a house, you need to pay off the mortgage and there's no work coming in. Yep. And so I found mm -hmm. a reality television show in Greensboro, North Carolina that took me on for 10 weeks. And I was like, okay, I'll just try that out. And so I have to admit there's a dark, uh, there was a dark phase throughout my career where I did <laughs> a couple of years of uh, reality television as well. <laughs> well, as, as you said, you, you got to pay that mortgage. You know, yeah, you have some, to. You just, you just got to take the work sometimes. Yeah, and I ended up like I really liked the crew. We had a really solid crew, um, and I mean it was a great time. I mean they abuse you um, because the the pay is terrible and you work twelve hour days uh, as a standard. Um, but the crew was like family, and it uh, I don't know it, it it was a good time for you know it, it was it was bad, but it was also good. I would say. Yeah, that's one great thing about some of those long projects, even the bad long projects. At least you, you're you with the group of people that hopefully you're, you're getting along with, you become a family, so you're all in it together. So you can you can at least all be there and suffering together. Yes, that, and uh, I have to say, I, I mean, besides like meeting, you know, really cool people uh, in the reality world, uh, it did teach me something uh, because it, I'm not sure if you've ever worked in a reality show, but, you know, I, they don't have... have a camera truck they don't have a camera van they have three minivans and they just throw everything they have in the back of those minivans and as soon as you get to the location like the camera operators just jump out they grab their stuff you know and they start shooting and it's chaos it is total chaos and as a second ac i was like used to you know really i i wanted it neat and tidy and like everything was organized yep. And so mm -hmm. I had to learn how to let go of that thought. So I still try to be organized. But now uh, when when shit does hit the fan and when things get out of control or you have to do something that it wasn't scheduled or like it gets a little messy, I can still or at least I have the feeling that I can still deal with that very well. And I think that comes from from working in reality for a while. 
Yeah. Jumping off that that point, uh, because you know, it sounds like you spent many years as a second AC, so being that incredibly important member of the camera team that is responsible for so much, what what are some really key qualities that you took away from, from being a second AC and, and that you think new second ACs should be working on in the industry? Like, What, what are some key qualities that, that, that should be a part of that job? Yeah, I love that question because I, I had just worked with the second AC um, uh, where I saw exactly what I was um, when, when I was her age and when I just started out. And I think... I think being a second AC, um, yeah, sure, there's the, the technical side of things and you should be organized and stuff, but I think that's, you know, that, that's, the, that's the standard. Um, and I always thought, how far can you push this? Like, how good can you actually become uh, with, like, as a team with your first AC? Um, to the point where you would, um, like Garrett and I would have a system where I would really, I would lay down a mark uh, for the slate so he would know exactly like where the slate was going mm. to be and we would measure this like basically like just like is it in the frame like is this the perfect framing for this slate yeah and so whenever we could we would just like really lay down a mark he would like put a mark down on his uh, on his fizz on his hand unit and uh, and he would know exactly like where to rack to and like that was you know the, the time without uh, without range finders and stuff so he knew exactly mm -hmm. where the slate was going to be he never had to look for it so it was those little details um it's almost like a game where it's like how like how far can we push this like how can we be even better like how can we find a better system for our batteries like we started naming our batteries and uh just because you know y you have to number them anyway so why not like uh you know start naming them and then you give them weird names of like you know whatever the <laughs> the the hobbit trilogy or whatever whatever you yeah. can come up with and it's like uh hey i think you know i think frodo is broken or something <laughs> and uh <laughs> um so you know there's there's so much there's so much detail uh involved in being a second ac and i think you can make it fun and you can always keep pushing and find new and better ways um and you can always improve. I think that's that's the main thing. You can always improve your department as a second AC. Yeah, I think there is something also really special when you and your second AC, or if you have a loader or a PA, you know, when the camera team is in sync, and you're all like reacting perfectly to the next person, you're you're able to pre preemptively prepare for the next task at hand, and everything just moves smoothly. There's something really special. There is about that that. It, it, it becomes a dance almost and I really yeah. I enjoy that so much um, I have to say though I, I missed it because I with with Garrett I worked a lot uh, we did a lot of commercials and then we did a couple of feature films so like we we became a team you know every single time we started a new job we, we already knew what was going on and, and, and how we were um, you know how we were working as a team um, now that I'm back in Germany and I, um, I decided that I wanted to, to work on, on features again more than, uh, because I, I did so many commercials in, in the yeah. U S. Um, and I feel like it helps tremendously if you either have the same AC that you work with on any sort of project, or if you at least get to work with one AC, um, throughout like, you know, six, eight or 10 weeks on a, on a feature or like a TV show or whatever, because then you have the time to actually develop, um, 
that kind of relationship and, and you get to know each other and you, you get to understand the other person and how they work. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's really great. Uh, and sort of jumping off the same kind of thing as you, what, what was your transition like when you probably started second day scene less and less and you started a first day scene more often? What was that transition like? Um, well, actually it was, so I, I came back from, from my reality, uh, <laughs> adventures and, uh, <laughs> and I said, I think I want to become a first AC. I think, I, I, I think I want to do that. And so, um, there was a shift in Greenville, um, at the time anyway, where there were new production companies coming in and the old production companies that I used to work for before I went uh, away to work on the reality uh, shows. Um, so I just, you know, I, I just got in contact with everyone and just said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm Dennis and, um, I'm a focus puller <laughs> and I, um, and I mean, they didn't know that I really wasn't. Um, and so, you know, one of them gave me a chance and, um, and he, <laughs> he did give me a chance. And I remember because I started, uh, he had a, Oh God, what was that thing? A DJI follow focus, like a, the, the remote focus. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, he had that. And I remember when you tighten, when you tighten the motor, um, on, or when you, when you, when you loosen the motor on any sort of like, uh, wireless unit and, uh, and it slides off the, the little bracket, like the 15 and yeah. uh, 15 millimeter, um, rod bracket. Um, there's usually like a safety that will hold it. Well, the DJI one, or at least that one, didn't have it. Oh, no. <laughs> and so oh, no. I I, uh, I loosened it and the motor just fell, <laughs> fell on the ground. <laughs> like pretty much oh, no. in the first 30 minutes of the day. And oh, right no. next to the owner of the company who owned all the gear. And I was like, oh, great. This is wonderful. <laughs> um but so I think I think he was uh, he was skeptical for a little bit, but then uh, you know it, it worked out that day, and um, he kept hiring me a lot, and uh, you know the jobs like as his company grew, the jobs got bigger, and uh, then other people in the area and in in Charlotte they got wind that uh, you know I I'm now a first AC, and um, eventually started hiring me on bigger projects. Very cool, very cool, and and as you've been doing all this first AC, what are some what are some qualities or some skills that you see that have been important to you as a first AC? Some that maybe came with you when you from when you were seconding or ones that you discovered along your journey of being a first? What are some important qualities? Important qualities. Um, well, I think, you know, still... Actually, uh, let's put it this way. So I... I started being a second AC with a little bit of a temper um, and, uh, you know, things annoyed me quickly when, when, when things weren't going well on set or, um, you know, if we, sometimes you, sometimes a director or a DP wants something and you go like, why, why are we doing this? This is kind of stupid. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, and it would annoy me. It would annoy me a lot yeah. um, to the point um, where I would just get, you know, angry on set. And um, I think people... Uh, didn't appreciate it and so um while being a second ac and then while being on on some reality shows i had to really learn and say like it and i i would consider that a quality um that you can deal 
with any sort of situation that could, that that is being thrown your way um you can't lose your temper you always yeah. have to be you have to keep your cool and however dumb you think a decision might be it's not your decision and if mm -hmm. a camera operator or a dp uh, or even a director comes up with something that i absolutely don't agree with uh, i mean unless it's dangerous or whatever then i will say something but of if course. it's a creative choice that i just don't support it doesn't matter um i will smile and i will say okay we'll do that and i'll do my best to support your your vision and i think that um that was a quality that i had to really learn for myself um that was a, a pretty long kind of process um and i think that's something you know no matter if you're a second ac or a first ac you should really if, if you don't have that naturally you should learn that you should you should force yourself to be to be able to deal with any sort of situation that is being thrown your way um also i think it is very 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 important to treat everyone on set with respect um as you want to be treated yeah. with respect um yeah. we're all there to make a movie together um this is or, or a commercial or whatever it is um in the end i think it's very important that we realize on a daily basis like this is a very cool job that we have uh absolutely you know you could be standing at mcdonald's flipping burgers uh and so i think you know our job is way cooler than that and um and it pays well too for the most part and yeah. uh so i think a little bit of a an appreciation for for what it is we're doing the craft itself and the fact that you know everyone on set is working hard to 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 make a movie or a commercial or you know to just get the next shot if you will um so yeah i think those are really important qualities to me i i do pretty much every day i wake up for a, a shoot day i i have a moment when i think i am really lucky to work in this industry and be able to do this every day and get paid for it on top of it that's just that's just yeah. sauce for the goose for me i mean you know you can always complain about something as we you know currently experiencing on on social media that you know people kind of like stand up to the to the fact that they're working like 14 15 16 hour days um even yeah. on the most professional sets in in hollywood um and i i agree like you know we there's a certain Absolutely. line that has to be drawn um, yeah. But yeah, for the most part, um, that's it is a very cool job. It is a very unique kind of industry, and you get to see amazing places. You get to meet amazing people, um, and in the end, you get to hopefully entertain someone with with whatever it is you're working on. Related with this, what if you could to, you know pass on to someone a good habit that you have create that that has come come across come come your way. Uh, being a first that you you find to be something very helpful for you on set like you know it, whether it be like you know as you talked about you know naming the batteries you know rather than just numbering them like is there something something that you've over the years ever find that's been them been helpful for you a really good habit um well when i interviewed evan luzai um i loved what he said that like pretty much everything we do is essentially a habit um because I, I never thought about it that way, but it, it was true. Like everything you do pretty much every day on set, like that's that's a habit. Um, yeah. And so, you know, he was more prepared than, than, than I am. So he just went through a list. Um, I would say um, what's really important to me um, is to start off the day right. And that means if you want to have breakfast and there is a courtesy breakfast, 
you gotta be 20 minutes early um and yeah. we gotta start on time um as i've experienced this on my last shoot um where that wasn't always the case um, with some other crew members and i think that is one of the most important habits to me is like be on time uh yeah. and by on time i mean like be at least 10 minutes early because i think you know if you're on time you're late um absolutely i agree <laughs> and i know no one's going to pay you for that time away but it, you know it just makes everyone's day so much smoother when you know you can you can easily start your day in the truck and like you know you have some extra time in case something goes wrong or the dp comes up with an unusual request in the morning then you have some extra time you have 10 minutes that you can spare um you know you're not you're not rocking up on location you're all sweaty you know you're you're also like oh we're kind of late oh we forgot this we forgot to format the card or no you have the time to set up and uh and get everything done i think that that to me is the most important habit is be be on time with that you know talking about you know that that is helpful for the dp you're like you're ready ready to go when they're landing and everything what what other kind of things do you try and do to set up the dp you know our our direct boss and for all of us focus pullers what, what kind of stuff do you do to set them up for success to make sure that they're they can do their job as best as they can as well um i think I try to I try to think as much as I can for them uh, in terms of like the little the little things that I don't want them to be concerned about. Um, so I try to when I when they say, hey, you know, let's put the camera on the dolly and we're going over here. I'm not just putting the camera on a dolly. Um, I want to put the camera on a dolly and, you know, I wanted to be I, technic so that they technically could just press the button and shoot. Um, yeah. I want the cal a color temperature to be right, or at least you know to what I think is right in that moment. If they want to change it slightly or whatever, obviously they can they can do that, or they have me do it. Um, but uh, everything else, like the camera, you know, needs to be leveled. Um, it, the the settings need to be right for that scene. I I want to frame it up. I want to make sure that like. Um, the the camera is uh, there's a new battery on the camera or like at least a, a battery that will that will last a while um i want everything ready to go when whenever they feel like they want to go so if they say set it up i'll essentially i'm setting up a shot um so that they don't have to really think about it anymore yeah. unless they want to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and and always being able to 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 roll with those punches as they come up is also also helpful. Yeah. And 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 with I feel like our you have a a really fascinating span of time in my opinion that you've been working in the industry because for me when I started I've been doing this for a little over 4 years now. And so when I started film here in Minnesota was gone. Like no one was shooting on film anymore. Maybe when I started, maybe one job a year at most. Mm. And w what can you see? Because you were talking about, you know, some of your early jobs were on the um, 435, you know, which I think is a unbelievably brilliant camera. Um, I love that camera, though I've never gotten to use it. Uh, what what do you think of this now change for our our position, sort of moving from manual follow focuses manual systems on camera and now the separation 
that has happened now that we're, we're all wireless and using wireless fizzes all the time? Um, well, I have to say that that one job that I mentioned on the 435 was also like really the only time I saw a 435 in action. So okay. I have to disappoint you there. Um, uh, that was well, the at least only. You've gotten to. <laughs> I at least and it was a long commercial span. I think we so we did like two weeks for Playmobil, and then it was one week for. Uh, I forgot the brand. I think Carrera, like these little toy cars or something. Um, okay. You know, it was the same. I believe it was the same company that owned both of those brands or whatever. So okay. we did two weeks in the studio for Playmobil, and then one week in the studio for Carrera. Uh, so for three weeks, I got to uh, I got to see that camera. Um, but I wasn't working with it directly as I wasn't in the in the camera department. I was just super interested and I was lucky enough that the second yeah. AC would show me, um, you know, show me how it worked and um, got me uh, some short ends. And so I could just like play around in the in the changing tent and stuff. Um, what I did realize, I mean, those were that was a big those were big commercials that they did. Yeah. Um, they would always shoot, um, I think, the the Playmobil, the two weeks that we shot for Playmobil um meant that we were shooting uh i think the com it was a commercial series so it was every single commercial for every new product that would come out in the next six months um and what i do remember was there was an unbelievable um amount of um what do you call it uh oh man it was it would be so great if english was my first language um <laughs> uh people were just so focused at at all times like every single person was just focused uh, we would rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and then we would shoot like three takes and that was it um everyone was prepared the focus puller knew exactly what was going to happen um the they were working on the lights for so long like they weren't messing around there wasn't like Oh, let's shoot a take, you know, watch the playback and see if we like it and then change something. It's like, no, everything was meticulously planned. And then, uh, and that to me was something that went away very, very quickly once we, <laughs> once we worked on the Alexa. Yeah. Um, and nowadays I have a feeling that it, sometimes it's just like people just let the camera roll like for, for 30 yeah. minutes and they don't cut anymore. And it's like I'm not entirely sure if that makes more sense now. I I I feel like we could uh, profit from like you know going back to the good old uh, days of film and <laughs> yeah. like you know uh, kind of remember what it was like. Um, even though I haven't seen much of it, but I can imagine like working on a movie on 35 millimeter. Um, I would assume they were all very very disciplined and uh, um, yeah. So I think. I think that's that would be the main difference uh, if you ask me. But then again, I don't have too much uh, experience with uh, yeah. 35. Yeah, I, I've heard the a similar sentiment, you know, still, you know, said by, you know, focus pullers that have been in, in the industry less than I have. Even like they'll say the same kind of thing of, you know, why are we shooting the rehearsal? I don't like it's not going to be necessarily a usable take because I have no idea what any of the action is yet. Um, so yeah, it's, it's having that moment to, to slow down, but, uh, I also feel like it's something where we sort of have to like, that's sort of an evolution of our, our career of like, you just have to be able to get it 90% of the way there without seeing it anymore. And yes. Uh, I think that's where really we're, you know, there, the, the tools of the trade that we have these days, um, 
some you know back from the old days like some old school focus pullers will probably say well that's a lot of luxury that we have you know that yeah you know i own a CineRT and a really good monitor it's like yes but without that i'm not entirely sure how i would pull any of this like yeah. i'm yeah I'm, there are moves where um like i remember on my last uh on the last thing i did i was an actress about uh, whatever maybe 25 28 feet away and she would like walk up on an 85 if i'm not mistaken on an 85 she would walk up uh like close like three three feet maybe um yeah just a close-up and then she would look into this room or whatever and then she would walk away they gave me one take like we did this in one take and nice and i didn't even look at the uh at the monitor because i was so focused on my uh on my synergy readout on the wcu4 yeah you go like I'm not even sure if that was sharp, to be honest. Like, I, I don't know. But if they say it's fine, then I guess it was okay. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes it, that just, it also like kind of bothers me because then it's like, can we please watch the playback on this? I, like, I don't know. I, I can't say yeah. for sure that that was sharp. But if the DP who's looking through the viewfinder says, no, it was good, then all right, I have to take his word for it. But uh, yeah. But I wish, yeah, I just wish that... Uh, we would even though you do have a, a scenario or whatever but i just wish we would do this like three four times and rehearse it a couple times before because that's that's a that's a tough pull and yeah, um absolutely i mean if you have a director who knows exactly it's like you know i'm not going to use all of this i'm just going to use like the last part or whatever or um i'm probably just going to use the part where she stands there you know okay fine but i don't know that because they don't communicate right. that with me and so for me i always try to like get as much of a take in focus as i can um you know i i would say like if you get 95 to 98 percent of the take in focus like that's did a pretty good job there uh depending on how um how crazy the shot is of course um and it's like oh man it would be it would be wonderful sometimes if you would just make it a little bit easier on us and uh (laughs) and give us some more takes or like a better stop or whatever yeah yeah but even when though when you do have that take and you know you nailed it, that's a pretty good feeling though. When like the, on that first try and you know you nailed it and you can look at the DP and you get to nod at them and say, "Yep, that's that's sharp, that's good." Yeah, you do. Uh, I, I I think it's a very re- rewarding uh, job anyway um, because you know sometimes they, and and the cool thing is like every single shot is a new challenge, and yeah. uh, whenever they throw something really complicated or complex at you and you just go like like during the rehearsal and sometimes like sometimes the rehearsal is an absolute mess and you just go like okay i know none of this is going to happen when we do the first take like it's all going to be different um and then you just say all right you know i'm going to roll with the punches and then if you do nail it you go like yeah man that was amazing and yep. uh, i'm very yep. proud of myself <laughs> it's really cool but then again <laughs> every now and again you really mess up one too where it's like oh man that was yep. embarrassing <laughs> yeah and um well that unfortunately does happen as well yep. to me at least yep. I'm, I'm not saying it happens to you or all of you but oh, uh, oh, it no. happens to me oh, no i know that that's that's a feeling like i and you know, i talked about this one in one of in a previous podcast episode when i was interviewed where i want to make sure that if i know i messed up i'm the one who i call myself out yeah. i don't want the dp looking at me and saying you know, you messed that up or the director, I want to be the one to look at the DP and say, no, I, I need another one. That's on me. Yeah. And, uh, um, and I also think that's, uh, I think that's a very, very important um, 
shall we call it a skill i just i just feel you know this is the the i remember that in the reality tv world there was one uh, showrunner that i worked with who would always say like um and i'll pardon my language but i'm this is a direct quote he would say uh we're in the communications industry so let's fucking communicate <laughs> and um <laughs> and it stuck with me and uh yeah i feel like that's a that's that's kind of like a skill where you go like hey uh sorry i my my bad um we should you know i'm not entirely sure if this was good um if it wasn't you should check it out again um but you know you have to be the one to communicate that to them and you have to own that mistake and uh you you just mentioned your your cine rt system uh as we are now in our career surrounded by technology in in all its forms what is your sort of your your kit setup when when you're focused and you have your cine rt what like what kind of monitor do you do you like using do you have an uh, an app control for the camera what what do you like running with um, I, in an ideal world. In an ideal world. Um, well, I do own a 703 Bolt, um, and I do the I do own the the Cine RT. Um, so my setup is usually the 703 Bolt sits on uh, on top of a WC4. Hopefully, uh, high five soon. Uh, not because I own one, but because uh, Aerie is the gold standard in Germany, as it is a German company. So <laughs> that's yep. uh, we're kind of lucky there. We always get a WC4 from the rental house. Um, and, uh, on the left side, uh, of my monitor, I mount an arm with, uh, the CineRT, um, hand unit, um, the tracker, I think is what they call it. Um, and so, um, I, you know, I, I can adjust, uh, certain things, uh, with my left hand while I'm still pulling focus with my right hand, um, to say like, you know, someone's shoulder is basically blocking the view of, uh, of the uh of the synergy so i can just say like hey you know block this out and just you know measure measure the person that i want you to measure um or you can toggle between um what the what the base unit is measuring and uh maybe a focus bug that you have placed on a on an actor um uh yeah so that's that's usually my my go-to my go-to setup for your your focus monitor i've seen a lot of my colleagues here and i've seen on all over instagram people switching from sort of the seven inch monitor which has been i feel like the standard for focus pullers for a long time and now switching up to a 13 inch monitor mm -hmm. do you have any desire interest or going to a a larger monitor like that for your for, for focus pulling oh man it is currently the eternal struggle in my mind um <clears throat> i do like my 703 um um i, I think it's a it's a good very sharp uh display on the 703 bolt um, i mean it gets it's incredibly bright it is so bright that you will never go to 100 uh if you do you did something wrong um <laughs> uh it is too heavy for the hand unit so if i if i do a steadicam shot for example or a gimbal shot a tracking shot and i would like to run or walk next to the camera uh, it gets very heavy very quickly um, so I can't do that for too long. So I, uh, I'm, I'm actually thinking of downgrading <laughs> rather than upgrading. Oh. Um, and so I was thinking of maybe like going to a 503, um, even though I believe in terms of weight, uh, there, it's not, it's not that much lighter. Um, 
currently in my mind i have this thought of maybe one day if my wife will ever allow me to spend that much money again um going with a cine 13 uh just because that would mean you could uh you could use a a 4k bolt and like actually you know utilize it um and then mount it on or to the bottom of that uh, cine 13 you would have a wcu4 with a 503 on top so that way you could just like walk away with the hand unit and the 503 on top um and you would have a dual kind of uh setup uh where you could like you know um punch in on the on the cine 13 as it is 4k and gives you a really good uh, pixel density um and then have whatever like a maybe a black and white screen or whatever on the 503 so you you know you'd, you'd be covered there yeah uh so in an ideal world uh, I would probably try that, um, but I think I'm going to get through the next year with my with my trusted 703 before I do anything. I want to ask then a follow-up question with what you just mentioned of a black and white on the 503. What is your preferred monitor setting for, for pulling focus? Do you like for the black and white for the contrast of seeing things? Do you use focus peaking ever, if at all? Um, well... So for, I always use focus peaking, um, and that was actually funny because um, when I did the podcast with Evan um, Evan Luzai from the Black and Blue, um, I I felt kind of bad afterwards because I said that I had um, peaking on it like uh, level three or four, and he owns the exact same monitor and he's like, man, I'm at level one, and I was like, ah. Oh man <laughs> and so i actually started doing that so uh i'm now at level one sometimes uh two and then you know it, it really depends on the lens and you know some lenses are uh you know very soft looking um yeah oh, and yeah. then and then I, I i do go up to a two or maybe even a three uh if that's the case but usually yeah i try to live at uh at around level one maybe two um when it comes to peaking um and i also uh, use the uh, the black and white um, or what, what, what do they call it uh, the small HD focus assist um, mm-hmm. and I usually when I use that I set it to black and white um, and I use the yellow colored outline um, yeah. also on level one just so you know it kind of like so that the, the yellow kind of pops a little better and, and, yeah. and it's easier to see uh, I have to say though on my last project um, the DP he he liked he liked everything very orange um so uh we would shoot uh interiors like night interiors uh almost on like you know 5600 kelvin and everything was like orange yellow red it was and it and i didn't like it i didn't like and not because i didn't like the image like that was his choice i i didn't like it for my eyesight um oh, and yeah, it distracted yeah. me it really did it distracted me from from seeing what's actually sharp uh especially because our main actress was mostly wearing a yellow sweatshirt and it, oh. i just couldn't look at it anymore and uh and so i decided to um do pretty much every single interior scene um black and white ju- just for that okay. reason and and on the subject of the of your focus station and and if you don't want to talk about this yet if you want to keep this as a tease <laughs> um we can totally I'll cut this question out uh i saw on your instagram today uh or was or was it yesterday maybe you posted a, an image on your stories of what seems to be a new a new battle station uh a yeah. new, new new setup coming together can you can you talk about that at all about yeah, what yeah. your 
plans are for that oh dude i'm so excited to talk about it because <laughs> um, i've been imagining this um for a long time and now it's it's finally coming together and i hope it's going to be here next week um yeah i found a, a small shop in uh in italy um i will reveal everything about this uh on instagram if you're interested but um i found a small shop in italy um and they usually do uh camera cards but i saw that they had this kind of smaller cart pretty much the same way i had imagined it um and i contacted them and i said hey uh i would like to customize this a little bit will you make me one and it took me a little bit to like actually get him to do it but he then agreed to do it um well the idea is um especially here in germany um you you work in very tight spaces uh, a lot like a lot of the big cities like if you work in berlin for example a lot of the apartments are like they're old apartments like these these buildings are very very old um uh, there's not a lot of space um so usually or even if you have a, a somewhat more modern building that might even have an elevator in it the elevator is usually quite small so you will never get a senior megliner upstairs um yeah. you will probably not even get a junior megliner upstairs so my idea was i wanted a focus cart if you will that will hold a um a lens case um in this case i'll, I'll build one myself um but i want a, a lens case on the there's a bottom shelf basically so i want the le lens case on the bottom shelf um and uh, i want the the foam insert for the lens case to be kind of like universal so that I can have, you know, six to eight prime lenses in there. Like, um, even if it's not the entire set that we have with us, but at least like yeah. talk to the DP and say like, Hey, you know, what are your go-to lenses that you want up there? And they will probably give you six or seven or eight lenses that they want to take. And uh, then those lenses will go in the case. Um, and on the top shelf, there will be just a standby bag um, with, uh, you know, all the tools that I need and uh, all the, necessary accessories to go like you know to handheld mode or you know whatever it is that you need um and then uh, also there will be two c-stands basically attached to it um so if you do need to go on a c-stand you can always just pull out a c-stand there will be a base a c-stand base um somewhere on the card as well so you can throw up a c-stand um and then just put the monitor on the on the c-stand and and do it that way um and there's also like a little basket if you will um that will hold a couple of umbrellas uh, one for the station and one that will always go you know in case it starts raining or it's too hot so that we have one uh, on standby for the operator or the dp or the camera um and uh, one thing i'm very very excited about is it will host a chair so i can sit or a stool, really I should cool. say. So I can always, That's cool. uh, if I need that little break, or if I if I know it's going to be a long scene and I'd rather sit down, I can, and it won't be an Apple box and it won't hurt my butt. And I'm very excited yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's really cool. I, I, that's that's really. I'm really excited now to to see photos of that and that in action. That would be cool. And I especially love the idea of the built-in seat. And for me, for like the first two years or something when I was freelance, I would never sit on set. I'm like, no, I'm here to work. I'm only going to stand, you know, that's stupid. I didn't, I didn't stand during lunches or breaks, nothing. I would, or I didn't sit during yeah. lunches or breaks. I would always stand. And then I was listening to this or watching this video and a person was like, you know, you're on your feet like all day, you know, 
it's yeah. part of the job. You're, you're moving around all the time. If you have the opportunity to sit, you just sit. Yeah. Just relax for a moment. It's fine. It's fine. And I, I think it is fine. It, you know, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a no go kind of thing. Um, I mean, um, I, my last DP actually he was really old school. Um, he said, you know, if the DP sits, um, you know, the camera crew sits and he wanted to avoid that. So he never sat down. Um, <laughs> it really depends. Like, you know, I, I try not to sit and to, to give the expression that I'm just, you know, or impression, I'm sorry. Um, you know, to just sit there and, and not, do anything um i'm not sitting there on my phone but right. every now and again i oh, just yeah. you know it, it's it's more I, i'm still pulling focus while i'm sitting so i'm still doing my job yeah. but every now and again yeah. it's just really nice to sit for 20 minutes <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely uh another thing you, you mentioned earlier and this is definitely going to be our moment of of dating when this podcast was recorded uh the high five the new airy the successor to what my personal favorite focus system the wcu4 that's what we use up here we don't there's no prestons in minnesota it's wc4 is our top end yeah. which i love the high five has been announced and hopefully we'll be shipping soon what are your thoughts on the high five um yeah i was really impressed um i was really impressed when it came out um i it, the thing that i really loved about it was that there were so many features that i hadn't even thought of um, like I, I had, uh, I have fantasized about a high five. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, nope, I agree. I'm right there with you. Right. I mean, I, I thought obviously it was going to be called the WCU five, but whatever I have fantasized yeah, about it. And, uh, and I thought, man, you know, something like what would be really great would be a, a somewhat better, uh, integration for the CineRT system. Um, the way they integrate, uh, the CineRT, uh, system now is beyond everything i had imagined um uh, and then it's tiny things like you know you read something like tail slate mode and you go like duh yes. how amazing i mean just yeah i mean it's really it's really not that important but it will save us from you know cutting a lot of the slates the, the, before the they assistant, happen. The assistant, the assistant editors of the world will thank us yes, for not and, uh, cutting off the tail slate. And the second ACs will be like, "Man, I have a great first AC." Never forgets the uh, the tail slate. Um, so it's it's little features where I was like, "Man, I I didn't think of that. I uh, I wasn't aware that that was actually a problem we had uh, until they showed me that hand unit." So I thought. Uh, overall, they surprised me uh, in many, many ways, and I, I would say, uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to to playing with one soon. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that that my, our main local rental house here. I'm hoping they're going to be on the list to get one of the early, early, uh, early versions of it. Because yeah, I, same. I I can't wait to to get my hands on that. Yeah, and what uh, that also means is that, you know, once the high five is out, and so that means even if you don't get a high five, a WCU4 will be kind of standard for everyone now. Yeah. Um, because yeah. there is still, uh, there are some rental houses here where they go like, yeah, you can have, a, you know, you get a WCU4 for A cam and then B cam gets a WCU3 and you go like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a dinosaur. Um, yeah. And so I think now it's going to be like, Okay, so you get the high five for uh, for A cam and B cam gets a WCU four, and then you go like, okay, all right, I can, I can deal with that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, with all this, you know, everything that we touch nowadays, like, is 
it's all electronic and there's microchips there's computers and everything every single piece of technology that we the we interact with on set do you think it is still important for a new first ac to know how to pull on a manual follow focus uh honestly i personally don't think that that's very important um i must admit i have very rarely ever done it um i think i've only ever done it when i was a second ac you know uh, on music videos or whatever and uh, someone would let me play uh around a little bit and you know do like a take or two as a as a first um just to learn and um but with even you know even on smaller projects with you know the nucleus m um and uh i'm sure there's others in that in that price category uh with that readily available i mean that's a great option to have it's not the most reliable system it's not the best and most accurate system but it gets the job done and it allows you to yeah. stand in front of a monitor and even though you don't you, you know you won't be able to actually uh, utilize a CineRT or any sort of UDM um, in the same way that you could with a uh, WCO4, for example, or, or a C-Motion. Um, it, it still allows you to to work wirelessly in a somewhat professional manner. And I believe um, that is the standard these days. And, uh, and I don't I don't believe personally that uh, there's any sort of benefit in going back and learning uh, how to use a, a manual follow focus. Yeah. With all this ever-changing technology and new versions of things come out almost on a daily basis, what are some of the things that you do to just keep, be, just be aware of this new stuff? Are there websites that you frequent? Are there, you know, forums that you're on? What, what are some of the things you do to just keep, keep your your finger on the pulse of where our industry is going technology wise um well first of all i think i have to uh uh i have to make a compliment here to my wife who like uh deals with me and uh uh the fact that i'm constantly thinking about this stuff um Oh man, uh, there's no, well, I mean, the Focus Pull at Work Forum, uh, that's a start. Um, yep. I'm definitely, Shameless plug for, for, our, for our buddies there. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm constantly on that forum. Um, I especially love the 3D community uh, lately. Um, I think yeah. it's so cool what people come up with. Um, it, I mean, I would say the biggest resource, though, is probably Instagram um, because if you follow the right uh, companies um, or the right people on Instagram, you will probably know uh, if there's a new toy or a new uh, invention or a new anything um, on the day where it happens. Um, because my Instagram feed, I'm sure it's the same with you. Uh, I mean, that's camera stuff only. There's oh, pretty yeah. much nothing yep. else. <laughs> um and uh the only time i see like a dog or a cat pick is you know if someone is on set taking a picture of a dog or a cat um <laughs> so yeah i would say instagram is uh is definitely the the best news source um i think focus pull at work is a great um forum uh if you have any more specific questions um because the community will answer and that's really cool 
I had recently interviewed a Munich-based AC, Audil Wunderer. Um, I haven't edited the podcast yet, so it's not out uh, yet. Um, but uh, he and uh, some other ACs in Germany um, have basically created a Slack uh, community, you know, the, the app uh, yeah. Slack. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's over 700 members in that Slack community, and that's only ACs and video operators from Germany. And wow. um, that is also a very cool resource when it comes to uh, technical questions. Um, but it is also great um, if you're trying to, you know, find a replacement for yourself because you're sick or if you're trying to find like an additional AC or, you know, you need a, an additional video operator for a day or whatever. Um, you can post on there. Um, you know, there, there, there are different groups that are uh, kind of organized by cities. Um, The advantage uh, that Germany has over the United States is that it is a very small country in comparison. Um, so yeah. it is uh, it is much easier to you know find people um, because you know if if I you know I live in Leipzig for example, and if someone says hey I need someone in Berlin, it's like okay that's like an hour and 15 minutes train ride, and then I'm in Berlin. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, but uh, that is also a very uh, a very great. Uh, resource um, that I have here in Germany and you know other than that you go to all the websites um, that you know where you can then read more about any sort of new toy that comes out yeah absolutely and in, in bringing up Instagram I wonder if you could talk about one of my favorite things that you've done on Instagram is every once in a while you will ask a question out to out to your followers in your community and then You know, I, I'm, I think one of them, I'm trying to now remember. Of course, I'm not remembering the specific ones. But you'll ask a question, then you will share people's responses. Mm. Wh why did you start doing that? Oh, I actually don't know why. Um, uh, <laughs> well, the very first one, and I don't remember myself what it was. Um, I just asked that question because I was really curious and I just wanted to know. And then um, people started uh, sending me their, their responses And uh, a lot of them said, well, can you also please share what everybody else said? Because I'm really curious. Okay. And so I said, oh, I guess I guess more people could technically profit from this if I just shared the yeah. answers. And uh, so I kept doing this. So ba basically, I'm really just asking these questions for myself because I'm curious. And then uh, I thought it would just be fair to uh, let everybody else know what, what the community has to say. With... And in with relation to that, with this idea of, you know, of, of sharing this knowledge, because, you know, you, you have over 10 years of experience being out there for someone who's wanting to jump in as a, you know, a second AC or a camera PA or whatever, if you could give them one piece of advice for that, that transition, what would, what would it be? Do you, do you mean for the transition to become like going from second to first or just to become... Uh, no. Uh, j just jumping into the industry or jumping into the industry. They're, yep. They're, they're starting out at an entry level thing as a second or a camera PA or a loader or something. What, what, what would you, what would you tell them as a good piece of advice as they're, as they're getting their start in the industry? Well, I think, um, if you, if you're getting your start in this industry, um, never be discouraged, um, because this can be rough. And I, and I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of, people young people like i was one of them we have this dream like this wow i want to work in this industry i want to i want to make this work this is really cool um unfortunately 
uh, it is also for for some people it is also just a job you know if, if someone has done this um, for the past 25 years of their life um, they might not be as enthusiastic anymore as, as you might be in in your young uh, young age um, so every now and again uh, someone might be a little bit grumpy on set you know every now and again you might experience a mm -hmm. a bit of a douchey director or whatever who gets kind of mean and starts yelling at people yeah. um, every now and again you know even your own dp will be a bit of a dick to you and um, sometimes it's because you know people are just douchey sometimes it's because they're actually good people but they're just under a lot of stress uh, it can have it can have a lot of different reasons but um, you know you you might experience some negative um, negative some negativity in general I would say Uh, don't be discouraged by that. Um, I think lead by example, um, you know, like I said earlier, just um, treat the people with the respect that you want to be uh, treated with yourself. And and I think eventually um, you will grow into this industry and you will develop a confidence um, where people realize it's like, okay, I can't mess with this person. Like, you know, that person is calm and collected and they have their shit together and they and they just they do their job and they do their job well like i can't yell at this person um <laughs> but to get there might take a little bit um so just don't be discouraged um i would say that's that's my that's my number one tip just keep going there are some if you're lucky you know it's great from the get-go um, but I think for most of us, there were some years where it's like, okay, this is dark and I'm not yeah. entirely sure if I want to keep doing this, if, if this is the way, but there will be, uh, or there is light at the end of the tunnel and, uh, you know, you will get to a better place with, with this, you know, managing this world, uh, you mentioned that you have several kids. What do you do right now for managing like a work-life balance? That's something that I feel like we were talking about before we started rolling has become a, a, a new thing that we're all focusing on in this industry. You know, people are saying, you know, you know, we shouldn't be working 12, 14 hour days. You know, every, everyone should have a right to their own time. So what do you do right now to, to help maintain that work-life balance between this work that you love and the technology that you love and, and your family and yeah. friends and um, well, again, uh, first thing I have to uh, say here is props to my wife um, because yep. she's amazing and she uh, and she just deals with all of this. Um, she also knows like how important this is to me, and so um, I think that's why she supports me because she knows I'd be a much more miserable human being if I was <laughs> doing anything but this. Um, uh, well, the choice that I made uh, when we decided to move back to Germany, I said, I want to work uh, on movies again. I want to go away from any sort of commercial work. Um, um, not that I'm looking down on it or anything. I just, I've done it uh, for so long and I, um, my heart is beating for the narrative side of things and I'd much rather do that. Yeah. And the good thing in Germany uh, is that usually if you work on a movie, you're talking about... Um, 22 to 30 shoot days for a regular yeah. 90 minute feature 
um of course you know sometimes you, you know if it's a if a if it's a bigger feature film or a cinematic release or whatever then you might get 35 or 40 days um but overall right. manageable um so usually you know if i'm going on a movie i will be gone for say five to eight weeks uh as i'm usually not working in the city where i live in that's uh that's usually not going to happen um so that means um i will be gone for a month or two and then i have the luxury of staying at home for four to six weeks and um you know make up for the time that i have uh, that i have lost uh in our case this works out because it is much easier for me to be gone for several weeks at a time instead of like coming home on the weekends only i like i will try to come home every now and again on a weekend to yeah. obviously see my family um but uh, as you might know yourself <laughs> after a 60 or 65 hour work week you're just done like you just yeah. need yep. to at least one day you just need to chill and relax and do absolutely nothing um yep. to kind of reset for the next week now if i come home every weekend um as i've done uh, with this last production that was in in berlin actually i would drive home every um every weekend um the first day i'm home i'm not really home like i'm just i'm just yep. i'm trying to be there but i'm not really connected um i'm i'm in my head somewhere i'm trying to sleep as much as i can um so it it feels like it's a better decision to just uh you know um focus on on another four or six or eight weeks that i have after uh, i wrap a feature um where i can then be home and like fully concentrate on my family um and i think that works for us um and i think that works for us because my wife um has accepted this lifestyle um uh but yeah unfortunately everyone has to really try to find a unique kind of way to deal with this because it is it is hard it is tricky it is not yeah. a normal kind of lifestyle for sure i think you pointed out well that you know you need that communication you need to make sure you have actually have that conversation of what what that will look like with your significant other or partner or or whoever so you everyone knows and understands what you're going going into with it and you know same thing with my wife that's a thing we talked about when i went freelance of like this is going to be the reality of what my life will be like after i stopped my, doing my my nine to five job and uh, so you know shout out to all of the 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 husbands and wives and significant others and partners of everyone who works in this industry who who are, who are willing to be with us in our, our wacky hours. Indeed. Uh, uh, in yeah. so. And I mean, they really, um, you know, my wife is supporting this, like I said, because she knows that this is my dream and I love doing this. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and yes, if we, if we tell a couple that we meet that is not in the industry at all, they usually think like, oh, this is crazy. What are you guys doing? Yeah. Like, this is unhealthy. And I would say, yeah, in a way it is, um, but you can make it work if you want to. But uh, it it it's an it's a constant effort that you have to that you have to make, and I would be lying if I would say that uh, you know it was it was all sunny and uh, and rosy um, all throughout the last uh, ten years with this woman because of this industry. Um, so we've had our fair shares of uh, 
of you know issues that came with it so you have to work through that as well and as you said you know there's it's important you have to communicate this um and you have to you know it's a it's a constant process yeah and and with that of this you know your outside life balance do you have a a go-to passion or activity that you like to do that's in your free time whether it be video games or watching movies or, or something like that See, I, I tried the video game thing and uh, I was so hooked on FIFA that I would just like sit there until like four in the morning until my wife would finally come like, are you coming to bed? Like, what are you doing? Like, You're not 12 years old anymore. Um, so I had to give that uh, up pretty quickly. Um, well, I do play guitar. Um, and so um, that helps me a lot to just, you know, relax in a way every now and again. You just play guitar for an hour uh, until your fingers yeah. bleed. And that really helps. Um uh, but I do have to admit, um, I like this job so much that like even on my off days, I usually think a lot about this job. <laughs> so yep. I'm guilty of that for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just have a, a few more questions, but I thought we'll, we'll do a quick end of the episode interlude of just a handful of lightning questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of, some of us have done this in, in some of these episodes and I really like them. So I'll just, uh, uh, just a few quick questions quick responses and, and we'll see where you land on some of these uh on some of these questions so starting out airy or sony airy Lacroix or plain or still water oh Lacroix. i wish they had that here in germany i wish oh. <laughs> uh shooting on studio or in studio or on location on location uh movie theater or home theater movie theater well, Netflix? Not, not currently, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, in in, in idea, if, if yeah, in an ideal world, yeah. <laughs> movie theater. Uh, Netflix or HBO Max? Oh, oh that's that's a, that's a mean one. HBO Max. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, would you rather be shooting in heavy rain or heavy snow? Heavy snow. Good, good answer. Good answer. Would you rather be pulling focus for a dolly shot or a gimbal shot? A dolly shot. Because the dolly, like, I know where that dolly is going to move. Like, it, yeah. it, can't, it, it can't just go left or right <laughs> whenever it wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was going to also ask WCU or Preston, but you oh, answered that yeah. earlier. It's, it's, it's Ari. Have, yeah. have you ever used a Preston? I've used a Preston a couple times. Um, well, um I might be uh, the one person disagreeing with a lot of our um, interview partners that we had uh, in the last few episodes, um, as I, I'm not a fan of Preston. I have to admit, I, um, uh, I'm nothing against the company. I'm sure they're great, <laughs> but uh, yeah. um, what really kills me is that you have to mount a receiver on a camera uh where the camera gets smaller and smaller and the receiver has been the same size over the last i don't know 20 years <laughs> and uh and at this point the receiver is bigger than a red komodo so uh <laughs> that just that kills me yeah yeah I, I i've never used a preston uh so that's some of my bias but i i like the wcu4 if you say what focuser do you want i just go for that yeah, I mean, I, I also really uh, like the, the hand unit. Um, I can't say anything about uh, Preston's hand unit 4. I haven't used it, uh, so it's great. Yeah. But 
um i think what the one thing that that people love about preston is that a you know everything is built like a like an absolute tank absolutely um, so it can you know it can't be destroyed uh and it never loses connection and i do have to admit that with the wcu4 uh in you know in larger cities in germany yeah every now and again i'm having issues yeah. and i need to find another channel yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully with the with the with the high five and some of the the beefier antenna systems, hopefully we'll yeah we'll and get, the, uh, the frequency get a hopping, more stable. Yeah, no, for sure. yeah, that'll be nice. Uh, so, so just have last two questions for you. First off, uh, what what is your your future looking like in this industry for your career? Do you want to stay as a as a first AC? Do you want to start camera operating or DPing in the future? Uh, I really do not have any desire, at least not currently, to become an operator or a DP. I don't think I ever want to be a DP, um, period. Um, I could see myself, you know, maybe wanting to become an operator when I'm when I'm getting older. Um, even though that's kind of like a romantic uh, thought, because at this point, uh, at least in Germany, I don't think you can be just an operator. I think you would have to be yeah. a gimbal operator or a steadicam operator yeah uh, as well you, you know you have to kind of like specialize and like you know offer more than just be the guy who like operates a camera there are a lot of people that can do that and they can do it really well um uh yeah i have no desire to become a dp um i uh i actually love being a camera i i i mean that from the bottom of my heart i i yeah. really love being a first ac um and i feel like i have a lot of room to grow and there's a lot to be learned still and uh and i also uh do believe at this point uh in my life that uh everything will become better the longer you're at it um so if you you know if you're a first ac for five years and then you move on you probably won't have uh worked your way up all the way um or you know to the to the best movies or the best projects possible as a first ac uh if you've been in a first ac for 15 years you know i think uh, that's gonna pay off and you're gonna you're gonna be a very experienced first ac and you're gonna be asked to work on some really big movies yeah i absolutely. hope at least yeah. Uh, do you have any specific goals for like for yourself as a first AC in the next say the next year? Um, one goal that I have uh, indeed next year is to not spend any money on any gear <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> because I've overdone it a little bit uh, over the last couple of years. Um, I, I mean that that's actually a goal of mine. Um, my wife i told my wife about it and she was like there's no you're not there's you're never gonna make this uh anyway we'll see um uh, other than that i really um i'm i'm in it for the ride i uh i'm i'm enjoying this as it happens i'm you know um fairly new in the in the narrative market as a first ac because i haven't done this in the in the u.s it was always commercials or uh, documentaries um and so uh i really uh enjoy that part of it and um yeah so the, the goal is uh to just keep going and getting better projects i guess well that was all wonderful thank you so much dennis for for joining me uh for this conversation it was really really wonderful talking to you
Dude, thank you uh, so much. It uh, it was a pleasure. I uh, I really enjoyed uh, uh, the conversation as well, and uh, it was great. Uh, I don't know to be uh, sitting here and being interviewed, uh, and I'm uh, glad you got to host this, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Focus Puller at Work podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing so you can hear the new episodes as they come out. If you would like to be featured on the podcast, please reach out to info at focuspulleratwork.com. And if you want to join in the conversation, please jump on the forums at focuspulleratwork.com. Thank you so much for listening and stay sharp.